thank you so much for tuning in to the Essential Podcast. This is Tommy Barco with Barco Financial, and it's time for another book review. Matt, we do these periodically. This, I think, is uh, there, there have been several. We didn't count. It always, again, is something that I'm interested in when I listen to podcasts or talk to friends or people that I look up to mentors, you know, Hey, what book do you have for me? What book are you reading? And so we enjoy talking about these things on the podcast and, uh, enjoy the feedback that we've gotten. So we've got a book each to kind of talk about. Uh, I've never read the book Matt's going to talk about. He's never read the book that I'm going to talk about. So that makes it kind of fun from an interview standpoint. We get to learn about it and, uh, hear what the other person thinks and why they recommend it. And if either of these pique your interest, check them out and let us know. So Matt, what's going on? Not much, Tommy. Still using the habit that I picked up from you, which is listening to audiobooks to and from work. It's actually been a slower year for me because obviously with the shutdown, there were probably, what, three three months we didn't go in the office? So I lost hour or so's time to listen to audiobooks, which I guess still counts as reading, but... I'm excited to talk about uh, the book I've got today and also a little bit of a bonus uh, to go with it. Yeah. Well, we're going to let you start first, Matt. What's the book? All right. So the book that I've got now is Leadership, Strategy, and Tactics by Jocko Willink. It's a W-I-L-L-I-N-K, although if you type in Jocko, J-O-C-K-O, uh, you'll be able to find him. He's fairly popular and actually has a really good podcast. So little background on him. He was the Navy SEAL team leader of, I believe, Task Unit Bruiser, which was in Ramadi. So if you're familiar with the you know American Sniper movie with Chris Kyle, he was basically in charge of uh, that unit. I think I got that correctly. Hopefully I did. Um, but he has several books on leadership. Uh, the first one is Discipline Equals Freedom. And basically, that is if you work hard and you're disciplined, you'll be able to do the things you want. Uh, Makes sense. The second one is extreme ownership. And it basically means that if you're going to be the leader, everything is your fault. And this one is more of the tactics of how to do all that. He actually calls it a field guide, so you can go back and reference it. But um, I really like the book mainly because it gives you, as I, as I mentioned, it's about the tactics. It is the nitty-gritty on how to get through situations, and he provides not only a business example, because now that he's out of the military, he runs a consulting business on leadership, and, of course, he also provides a real-world military example that he has from his time as being a Navy SEAL. Mm. So I have heard of Jocko. I've actually got a close friend who is a huge fan, and he's one I trade book ideas with. So I've had Extreme Ownership on the list, and then you had mentioned it to me in the past as well. And uh, he's a fan of the podcast, kind of follows him. So he's highly qualified to talk about leadership, obviously has the, the life experiences and the following to add some credibility to that. Is this a new book from him? Yeah, this is, I believe, his late, one of his latest books. The very first one was Discipline Equals Freedom, which you can't find on Audible. At least you couldn't anyway. He hasn't recorded it because I think it was kind of his introduction into writing books. And then so this one follows extreme ownership. So I guess if I were to say make a recommendation, do you have to read extreme ownership first? No, you don't. However, it wouldn't hurt. But I'm a big fan of this book because it really takes you 
you're able to see how the tactics that he is talking about and discussing can apply to either real-world scenarios that you're in right now, and you can compare them and how, or ones that you've done in the past. And self-reflection, of course, is always a big help when you're trying to look back at, man, what did I do wrong, or what were the mistakes that I made, or why didn't I get this, or why didn't this happen? And so he has a lot of great examples that he talks about, one of which is if you didn't get the promotion and somebody else did, what should you do? And as a leader, you need to support that person, even though you didn't get it. And then if you do want to find out why you didn't get that promotion, uh, he gives a really great way to ask, in his example, it's like the senior master chief or whatever, but to ask that boss. He's like, you know, I've really been trying very hard to um, get this. Is there anything that's keeping me from, is there any, let's see, is there anything that I should work on as an individual so that when the next promotion does come around that I can be a better candidate for that as opposed to going in the office and go, why did you promote him? He's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then now you're working against him. So it all comes down to the team. And obviously from a military standpoint, that's very important. But at the same time, uh, in a business world, it's also important, especially if, you know, whether you're working uh, at schools, whether you're working at factories, wherever, if you can have a more cohesive unit, you're going to, one, have a better quality of life, and two, enjoy your job more. Yeah, that sounds interesting to me. Uh, let me ask you this, though. So the example you just gave, obviously we know his background is military. You just gave an example of somebody like maybe in, in corporate America that works in business. You know, I, I believe that we all lead in different ways, even if we're not leading maybe or in a leadership role of a company or, a, you know, like a CEO or a manager. You know, you lead as a father and we've talked about mentoring before we have all have influence and that is a form of leadership. So is this book something that, you know, say a father or a grandfather could listen to and then use to lead his family well, or is it going to be more specific to somebody in business or is it somebody that just has a job in general? Like, you know, somebody that's in the workforce, professional, white collar, blue collar, who's it, who's it made for? So I would tell you it's actually made for everybody, right? Because leadership okay. comes in all forms. Um, sure. And one of the things that you could, I guess if I were going to tie it to like a father mentor type situation, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say your child did not put their toys away or whatever. They didn't do something. And instead of screaming at them, you can still treat them with respect and dignity, and he talks about that. Um, now, in some cases, I'm not going to say that, that you can't scream at your kids because sometimes, you know, we've all been kids. We've all been yelled at, I'm sure. I know I have gotten my fair share of that. Um, so it's just a better way to teach it. And I can actually kind of look back at some moments in, in my life, and I, I was like a teenager, so I wasn't being yelled at for, for anything like that. But if I think about how things were presented to me, and the way that I reacted wasn't helpful. Now, the way that I reacted was probably immature anyway, but if it was presented to me in a, in a different way so I could better understand the reasoning, you end up with a better result, right? So I think it does apply to everything. Now, the interesting thing that you mentioned is there is a book that Jocko 
uh, rights, and it's actually made for children. And I think it's probably 8 to 12 plus is kind of the, the bonus I was mentioning, talking about, but it's called Way of the Warrior Kid. And the uh, really short version is that there is a kid who's bullied at school. He's got bad grades or not very good grades. He can't do pull-ups, so he's not very good at the gym stuff. He can't swim, and he's also not looking to go to school and start, uh, I believe it's the fifth grade or sixth grade, the next year because he's got all these things facing him. And in, of course, today's world with social media and all that, uh, you can obviously see how it can be stressful for kids. And what happens is his uncle comes home, and his uncle is, you probably guessed it, Tommy, a Navy SEAL, and basically teaches him responsibility and that discipline equals freedom, right? So he, he teaches the kid how to swim. He teaches him how to study. Uh, he teaches him basically how to live a well-rounded life, getting up early, uh, making a list of things to do. So uh, I actually listened to it because I was considering it as a gift for a couple people. And I think it's definitely something that would be really good to um, work into because by the end of the book, of course, the uncle goes and gets redeployed or goes to college. I forget what it is. I think he goes to college uh, after his tours in the military. And uh, Mark, who the kid is about, continues on his path of doing all these things and waking up early and working out. And um, he ends up confronting and defeating all those problems that he had that was the sixth grade and he was looking forward to it. He could swim. He could do 10 pull-ups. He could do a lot of stuff. Huh. Yeah, that sounds cool. Thanks for the bonus. And um, <laughs> that leads me to a question, and then maybe we can shift to talk about the book that I have. The friend that had recommended Jocko to me originally, uh, when he mentioned it, his wife kind of rolled her eyes and sighed a little bit and were like, hey, what, what, what's that for? And she kind of alluded to uh, she thought it was good stuff, but that he had some colorful language in his, in his material. So did you find that to be the case? In the kid's book, um, I don't <laughs> believe so. Yeah, in the so. strategy and yeah, in the strategy and tactics and extreme ownership, there may be you know, it doesn't stick out to me. Okay. Honestly. But um I I think there are a few places, of course, especially when he's probably telling stories about sure. uh his time in the Navy SEALs and training and all that stuff. So I, I would definitely <clears throat> think in the extreme ownership there is on the podcast. I've listened to his podcast occasionally. There's nothing that sticks out like, you know, you would say a, a comedian that is yeah. very uh, uses a lot of expletives. But uh, so I, I wouldn't say if he if he does, it's not overly in a way that I noticed it. Yeah. Well, we're all adults and have heard it all at this point in the world we live in. So, but just thought uh, based on her response, and then you talking about a, a children's book, it made me uh, it made me think about that and wanted to ask just to give somebody a heads up maybe maybe it's not one i like to listen to audiobooks with uh with my kids in the car so they can hear snippets of stuff and know what what's influencing me and of course if it had that in it i may would depending on what it was may or may not so yeah thanks for that feedback sounds like an exciting read for sure i love the always love the stories from the seals and the hostage negotiators and you know those kinds of things 
that uh, can sometimes be made for TV, seemingly. Anything else you want to share about it before we shift to, to my book? No, why don't you start unpacking yours? I'm excited to hear about it, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. Well, speaking of language, which uh, obviously is mild, but this book is called To Hell with the Hustle. It's by Jefferson Bethke. That's B-E-T-H-K-E. He's a younger guy, and the subtitle is what really caught me. Uh, I actually saw this book as a physical book on the shelf in Target. And the subtitle is Reclaiming Your Life in an Overworked, Overspent, and Overconnected World. And so if you followed us or listened to other book reviews or just are familiar with our process, you know that essentialism is a big part of what we talk about and our philosophy and how we think and approach things. And it has expanded beyond that, if you will, into you know, habit change and overconnectedness and digital minimalism and even some other books we've talked about. So when I saw this, I was like, huh, this is kind of in that same line and it's probably the same old, same old. But interestingly, there were so many things that just jumped out at me as I read and it kind of touched on as I expected all of those areas and really tied them together in a way that made it kind of a fresh read. So I would definitely check it out if you're in, interested to, in any of that, or if you're just you know kind of aware of the hustle, right? This busy, noisy world we live in that demands our time, attention, and energy in so many ways, and are wanting a, to find out some ways to maybe deal with or eliminate that. This book's for you, Tommy. So we've covered a ton of books on <laughs> all of those. Yeah. Uh, of course, ideas and thoughts. What was the biggest thing that, that really stuck out to you in, in this one? You know, one of the first things that he goes into really has been on my radar. And it was this uh, kind of pattern in human history, specifically Western human history, where we just kind of adopt things and make, especially if they have a seemingly positive benefit, and we just kind of go all in. And then there's this cycle in which eventually <laughs> we think uh, maybe this is good, but not in the way we thought. And regulations emerge or government gets involved or there's a disclaimer, you know. And, and he uses some examples of like, you know, there used to be cocaine and soda, right? And mm-hmm. smoking was thought to be beneficial. And then there was some manipulation there of that with the tobacco companies and they you know, had doctors smoking on commercials or in ads. And, and, you know, we've kind of came down this same road so far with technology, specifically the hyper-connected aspect of technology. And so he kind of says, Hey, if this is a four step process, like we're in step two, maybe a, some, some people are getting into step three, which is like, going from this is the best thing ever to I really like this, but it might be hurting me. And so we've already talked about this before. So like you said, it's kind of not new, but the effects on our ability to focus and the, the dings in our pockets from the the noise and all that, we just, we just did a podcast on focus, Matt. Mm-hmm. The depression and anxiety and suicide rates of the college students and the high school students, the pressure, you know, all those things are new. And so I really found it interesting the way he kind of laid out like, some perspective on how we approach that and then also kind of segued into some ways to help focus and not be sucked into this and, and, and maybe be more responsible. You control the technology versus letting the technology control you. 
And then he used that to also begin to talk about, and I mentioned this on our last podcast, although I didn't give him credit, but he was like, hey, you know, we, he's all about the benefits, you know, the life hacks and the improvements, the optimization, but we're not machines. So, you know, we're not designed to just keep improving until we become Superman because we can't, we never will. We're human. We need rest. We need time away. We need relationships. You know, we're, we're not machines. And I thought that was a pretty insightful point as well. Well, I think that's really interesting, Tommy. And if you go back and you look at the folks who helped design Facebook have done a lot of talks. I think there are even TED Talks on it. But they have essentially engineered a mm-hmm. casino in your pocket, right? With the likes and the dopamine hits and all that stuff. And I think one thing that's probably really missing is, I don't know if you've ever been to the casino, but there are people that are obviously have gambling addictions and it's it's not good. But those are adults, right? The limit mm-hmm. to get into a casino is 21. Well, for legal gambling anyway. And so now you think about kids who start out at 10 or 15 or 16 and to have the maturity, uh, no different than the casino, some will, some won't, to be able to break free from the device that is designed to make you keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back, I think makes this book a very interesting read and a huge consideration, especially for, like you said, you know, the younger generation. Yeah, that's a great point. He talks about how in other cultures, there's so many things that jumped out in this book, and this is one of them as a father of younger children. But in these other cultures, and some of these things seem even seem primitive, but there are all kinds of rites of passage, right? There's uh, the, the boy becomes a man, and at a certain age, there's this tradition, and there's this... Um, you know, kind of the bar mitzvah. I, I'm not Jewish. I don't know a lot about that, but you know, he uses that as an example. But there's this this process uh, to use one of our favorite words of growing and maturing. And in our culture, what that has become is they get you know a piece of glass and metal to put in their pocket that connects them with everybody outside of their tribe. Right? All their mm-hmm. all connects them with all these other influences and people that frankly don't give a rip about them and is being um, designed and controlled by companies that are driven by profits, right? Facebook and Google and Apple, right? You mentioned all that. And then we also, the only other thing really is they get a piece of plastic to put in their wallet when they turn 16 and which allows them to also drive away from the tribe. So the way he put it, I remember copy and pasting it and sending it to Shelly was, you know, the, these rites of passage for us are giving them this, this phone that connects them to people that love them and know them less and a driver's license or a piece of plastic that they can use then to drive away from their family and towards people that love them and know them less. And so, you know, they're, you know, we, we obviously know that the attention, the focus, the social pressure, all that is a big deal and is real. And there are more and more studies about that, but then just these other kind of what may seem to be primitive concepts that we've abandoned and maybe what damage is being done there for, for children, not really having, you know, having that solid foundation and in, in a way to be pointed and, and, and cultivated, let the phone do it. And this is not in this book, but I heard this somewhere else. And then we'll move on to another point. 
but I heard like, Hey, giving your kids at the wrong age, right? We all got to learn how to be responsible. And I think that's the problem is we don't see any, anything to be afraid of yet. And so we're not. Yeah. The jury's still out. (laughs) Right. And we're addicted, right. As adults, as parents, as grandparents, and don't, maybe don't know it. And so we don't see anything wrong with it. And there are benefits, but I remember reading this guy and he said, that uh, giving a child or a youth a phone with social media and internet access is like putting them on a plane and not knowing, the, you know, with a tick, giving them a ticket to get on a plane, not knowing where the, where it's taking them. And yeah, I think that's very true. We are all products of our environment, and you know, you're charged as as part of a family, parents, leaders, influence. Like go back to your book, part of a team to cultivate and and not just point them in a direction and say, good luck. And you never know where that influence is going to come from. So yeah, that's definitely a big part of this book. It's something he jumps into early on. And I thought it was pretty interesting. There's some things that he does and that he has uh, kind of encouraged people to do to disconnect. So if all that piques your interest, check this book out. It'll, it'll go into that early on for you. So Tommy, we're getting a little long winded here, which can happen occasionally. So uh, I'm going to, kind of sum up my book, I guess, if you've made it this far. But uh, again, my book, Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. It's basically meant to be a field guide that you can reference and learn leadership strategies and tactics from. Whether you're in the military, which is where Jocko came from, or whether you're in the corporate world, or whether you're just trying to lead your family, or maybe your sports coach, all that kind of stuff. So all of those apply. And I think if you're looking for a a strong book on leadership, I highly recommend it. And then Tommy, why don't you give a brief summary of your book again, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. So the book that we've been talking about here at the end for me is called To Hell with the Hustle, Reclaiming Your Life in an Overworked, Overspent, and Overconnected World. In closing, I'll share this about the book just to give you another aspect of it. But he t- started talking about habit change and habit, habit formation, if you will, stopping bad habits, creating good habits, all that stuff that we've talked about too. And he said that in his family, they have begun to stop talking about goals and New Year's resolutions and habits, and now they call them formations. Uh, James Clear kind of talks about this in Atomic Habits. How long does it take to form a new habit? Well, until you stop doing it, right? It's not a Mm -hmm. magic number. And so that's kind of the same concept of where you're trying to form your life or be formed in a way that you desire. So I want to be healthy or I want to be rested and energized or I want to stop this bad habit, whatever it is. And so when you shift it from a goal that you miss and then feel like a failure or maybe even give up to a formation where, you know, this is a success because I'm still moving in that direction, then it encourages you to stick with it. And so they have a neat process. Again, you can listen to the book or read the book where I kind of have this family meeting at the year end and there's a whiteboard, <laughs> which I'm laughing because Matt has, uh, conf- we've had conversation about his whiteboard that he just got, but, um, they have a whiteboard and, you know, for new year's, there's no resolutions, there's no goals, there's no review of progress. It's all just about these formations. And one example that he gives in in closing is he says, you know, Hey, if, if we have a goal, quote unquote, to have a date night every week, every weekend, every Friday, or you could say to work out three days a week, whatever it might be. 
and you miss that, you know, and you only do it half the time or 80% of the time, if you're looking at it as a goal, then you failed. But if you're looking at it as a formation, you're like, hey, having a date night or being physically active one day a week instead of three or having that date night twice a month instead of every weekend, it's still benefiting me physically. It's still benefiting my relationship. So it's a form, you know, it's forming me towards the way that I'm pointed. And so I thought that was a really neat expansion on a lot of the things we hear around habit change and even some of the things that that I've embraced. It's been a, a refreshing shift and shamelessly plug, you know, it's kind of the same thing with your finances, right? You don't just wake up and have financial independence and a work optional lifestyle. You set your sights on that and it's, you know, part of your lifestyle and your plan and your thoughts and your intentions. And so anyway, pretty neat. And there are all kinds of other really cool examples. There's some history in there, which was fascinating to me about time and how we receive news. So I could talk more about the book, but the people would be bailing on the podcast because it gets too long. So check it out if it sounds interesting. And if you want to talk more, let us know. Thanks for tuning in again, as always. And until next time, keep it essential. Thanks for sticking around after the music. We just have a quick disclosure for you. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc. And advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.